It is a time for children this morning. I want to invite all the kids to come forward for our time together this morning. Little kids, big kids, all the kids. No, the kids who don't want to grow up. Kids who did grow up but didn't want to. Yeah. It's all right. But you did. It happens. Good morning. Right, come down so you can see this morning because I have a picture to show you. I do. You heard Pastor Gina say that went on vacation last week. Mr. Patrick and I went to the mountains. We I've did. Been to a mountain. It was so great. Yeah, this one was in Washington. I had never been to Washington State before, and I want to show you the really cool mountain that you saw. That we saw. Can you see the mountain there behind Mr. Patrick? Up here, like there in the sky. Can you see a mountain? Yeah. Up there, up there. Can you see it? Yeah, I see a little one. No, not the green part. Like up here in the sky. Can you see it? No. No. It well, this particular mountain does have a lot of snow and glaciers on it up here. It's Mount Rainier. It's really it's over fourteen thousand feet tall. And you know the reason you can't see it? We had a hard time seeing it too. Well, the reason that it's really hard to see in this picture, it didn't even show up in my picture at all right here, is because Washington is next to Canada. And in Canada, there was a lot of wildfires going on in some of their forests. And the wind was bringing that smoke into the air. And so everywhere we went, it kind of looked like there was like smog or something in the air. Now, when we flew in on the airplane, the airplane was super high, and there was blue sky, and there was clouds, and the sun. But when you came down and got through the smoke, it made things really hard to see. So, there. Now, can you see it a little better? Yeah, I see it. You can see it in that picture. I've been on that mountain on Colorado. You have? Was it awesome? Can you see it? Oh, I can see it better. It's this enormous mountain. I mean, it's it's super, super tall. I've heard that if it's a super clear day that you can see it all the way from Seattle, but I had to, we didn't because it was so thick. And you know what? The reason I wanted to bring that today is because kind of like our mountain here, sometimes things are hard to see. They are. Like maybe sometimes in our world, it might be hard to see love. Sometimes maybe all we can see is anger. Sometimes it's hard to see light. All we notice is the dark. Sometimes there's so much stuff like that smoke. Because it's really there that it's hard to see kindness. But it is still there. It is always, always, always there. Even though that, I mean, that mountain was 14, 15,000 feet tall. That mountain's always there. Even though we couldn't see it sometimes. And the love and the light of God is always there. And you know what? It's not just with God. It's in people too. There's kindness in people and love in people and forgiveness in people all the time. Sometimes we just have to remember it. And so I want to give everybody one this morning. Here's one for Michael and one for Bronwyn. And you go ahead and turn yours on. When you get it, I think I checked them all to make sure they all work. Did Hank get one there? <coughs> there you go. And Ryan, Margaret, Casey, Cooper, here you go, Kobe, Wesley. Everybody get one? Yeah. 
So sometimes when there's something amazing like Mount Rainier that you can't see, you have your light with you. And if yours ever runs out of battery, you let me know. I'll get you another one, okay? Okay. And today for our prayer, what I want to invite you to do is to hold your light in your hands. You got it? And you can go ahead and turn it on if you want to. And we're going to pray with our lights this morning. Here, can you sit up and hold your light? Do you have it? There we go. I want you to focus on your light as we pray together. As we say, dear God, thank you for your light, for your love. Thank you for the light and the love in me. And my neighbor, thank you, Lord, for loving me. We love you, Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. I am glad you are in worship today, guys. I'll see you next time, okay? You can take that with you. Yeah, that's yours to keep. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Caroline, for teaching us how to see God even in the darkest of places. We're continuing in our sermon series, Then Sings My Soul. Um, I teased uh, her in the 8 o'clock service saying, what's with this we want to walk kind of thing theme going on? Last Sunday is I want to walk as a child of the light, and then this Sunday is I want Jesus to walk with me. So we are about walking with God, and we want God to walk with us. And so this morning I'm going to read the um, hymn that's been arranged by uh, Dr. William Farley Smith. William Farley Smith is a United Methodist minister of music that has arranged many, many songs that I grew up singing in the United Methodist Church. Like, um, even though he didn't write the lyrics, he presented the music and the arrangements and the accompaniment in such a way that it brings new life and new meaning to these songs. So... Uh, songs that Dr. Smith is credited to is not only I Want Jesus to Walk With Me, but Soon and Very Soon, Thank You, Lord, There is a Balm in Gilead, Every Time I Feel the Spirit, This Little Light of Mine, Go Tell It on the Mountain, and Lord, I Want to Be a Christian. So this doctor, this professor of Christian worship at Drew University, before he passed on in 1997, he added a lot of new meaning to a lot of the songs that we sing in church on a, on a consistent basis. For me, the fav, my favorite song that Dr. Smith arranged is, I want Jesus to walk with me. Hear now the word of God. I want Jesus to walk with me. I want Jesus to walk with me. All along my pilgrim journey, Lord, I want Jesus to walk with me. Through my trials, Lord, walk with me. 
Through my trials, Lord, walk with me. When my heart is almost breaking, Lord, I want Jesus to walk with me. When I'm troubled, Lord, walk with me. When I am troubled, Lord, walk with me. When my head is bowed down in sorrow, Lord, I want Jesus to walk with me. Holy wisdom, holy word, thanks be to God. Amen. Please may I pray for us. In the vast deep darkness, while you were creating the world, the Spirit of the living God hovered over the waters. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us today. In Jesus' name, amen. The reason why I want Jesus to walk with me is such an important song to me is because this is usually the song that I sing when I'm going through something horrific. This is the song I usually sing to myself when my heart is hurting. This is a song that I sing to myself to give myself some kind of joy and peace. But also when I sing this song, there is a sense of hope that is rekindled. When I sing this song, I believe that I can live out Philippians 4.13 and I can do the impossible and I can do all things through Christ, which is the source of my perseverance. When I sing this song, that's what I get. So as minister of congregational care and evangelism, I must say this. In order for us to continue to do the miraculous work that we do, in order for us to continue to be the church that God has called us to be, we need to take care of each other. And we need to take care of each other while we walk life's pilgrim's way together because that's the only way that we're going to continue to grow. Now, Samantha beautifully read our scripture from this morning from the passage of Matthew chapter 14 verses 22 through 33 and it's a lot going on in this passage of scripture earlier in the passage Jesus is dealing with the brutal death and murder of his cousin John the Baptist and the prophet and so Jesus goes off into the mountain by himself to pray And at this time in Jesus' ministry, Jesus is literally the most popular celebrity on the planet. So when it comes to Snapchat and Twitter, he got the most followers, okay? It's going down just like that. And so when people hear that Jesus is going to be around, they're flocking to where he might be like they're going to the mall to see Santa Claus. And so in this this case, while Jesus was trying to commune and be with God, he couldn't shake the crowds that was following him. So like the Bible says, he had compassion on them because they looked lost without, uh, looked like sheep without a shepherd. And, you know, I have felt that way before. And so while Christ is ministering to their needs, you know, It's dark, and by the time everything is said and done, it's past supper time, and guess what? There's no restaurants open past six. 
So they're looking for food. Jesus says, feed them. I mean, they're hungry, feed them. Jesus asked his followers to take the physical challenge, and yet they failed once again. How many of y'all remember the, the Nickelodeon show, Double Dare, asking them to take the physical challenge? Jesus asked his disciples to take the physical challenge, and they just couldn't do it. So Jesus just pretty much made it rain. And when I mean made it rain, he blessed whatever food that they had, and he was able to feed the multitude. But it doesn't stop there. After he did all this amazing work, he tells his disciples to get in the boat and continue on the sea without him. They reluctantly obeyed because they didn't want to leave Jesus because he had all these people around him. And they didn't think that God had what God needed to control the crowd. But they reluctantly obeyed and they went off. And when they were in the boat at sea, there was a storm. And the storm tossed the little boat to and fro. And when I think about that situation, I think about John Wesley every time. And so um, the ship is being tossed. And while in the fourth watch at the crack of dawn, they see Jesus walking on the surface of the water. You know, Jesus is like walking like He's praying to God, he's through praying, and he's walking on the surface of the water to his disciples. And when the disciples see him, they think they've seen a ghost. But they hadn't seen a ghost. They knew Jesus wasn't dead. They knew that they had just finished seeing Jesus do these miraculous things. But the thing about it is they were scared. They thought they was experiencing some kind of paranormal activity like the X-Files back in Jerusalem. So, you know, Jesus had to really comfort them, like, you know, don't be scared, it's just me. And so, in the original Greek, the word is master, and in the NRSV, the word is Lord. And Peter says, you know, Lord, if it's really you, master, if it's really you, then command me to come out on the water to you. So, of course, Jesus does this, and Peter begins to walk on the water. And as Peter walks on the water, when the waves start to buckle down underneath him, he gets scared and he cries out to God to save him. Now, I'm just going to be real with you. I know what it feels like to be paralyzed with fear like that. I am a fraidy cat. I am afraid of the dark. When I was in Sacramento with the college kids on the college trip, Miss Lori, I tell you, I was scared of the dark. They left me there. See, she grinning because she know what I'm finna, I'm finna tell on y'all. They didn't tell me that they was going to White Sands to, I knew they were sand duning after the mission trip. I knew this, but I didn't know that they was going to stay and watch the sunset over the sand dunes. I'm up here being a good little girl, rewriting my sermon and waiting for them to get back, but they didn't get back. I got scared. <laughs> I was paraly- literally paralyzed in fear because I'm in this big house in the middle of the desert. It is pitch black, pitch black, pitch black out there. And I just feel like I'm the only one around. And then I see some folk walking around the house that I don't know. I didn't know that was the neighborhood patrol. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. But they knew I was safe. But in that situation, I didn't feel safe. So... When I read this, I stopped judging Peter for his fear. (laughs) I did. 
I quit judging them because I was like, I can be surrounded by God. I know I can be in a safe place. But like John Wesley says when he uh, discussed verses 28 and 29 in his commentary, John Wesley basically says, you know what, Peter was a master fisherman. Peter was able to swim, one of the best swimmers around. But John Wesley says, when you're in a situation where it is beyond your control, your physical strength and natural abilities always fail, and that's when God's grace begins. So when I say all this, and knowing all this, how can this enable us to continue to be who we are and walk on water together. Well, if we look at verse 23 in our text, and let me get, I did this the last time. I forgot to get my book. Thank you, sir. If we look at verse 23 in the text, it says that Jesus went up into the mountain by himself to pray. And the reason why I want to highlight verse 23 is because this is very, very important. In order for us to continue to be the church that we are and to grow in God's grace, we need to make sure that the most important relationship that we have stays intact. And that relationship is the relationship that we have with God. We got to keep that intact because that relationship affects all the rest of the relationships that we have. Can we pretty much agree upon that one? If we can't get it right with God, how are we going to get it right with each other? If we can't get it right with each other, how can we be the Justice League and change the world? So we got to follow Jesus' example. We got to hold each other accountable on following Jesus' example We need to spend time with God every day. I'm sorry. I'm I'm pulling my rank here. I'm giving you a spiritual prescription to read your Bible every day, pray, and start your day. And I'm not asking you to read a chapter. I'm not asking you to read a book. I just want you to read one verse. Just one verse. Pray and start your day. It's just something about starting your day with God that can give you what you need to get through the day, no matter what kind of day that you have. To me, when we start our days with God, it's hard for us to have bad days. We would have to try to have a bad day if we start our day with God. So the second thing that we need to kind of look at is verses 29 through 30. And 29 through 30 also parallels with the second verse in our hymn for today when it says, Through our trials, Lord, walk with us. Through our trials, Lord, walk with us. When our hearts are almost breaking, Lord, we want Jesus to walk with us. So, When we look at verses 29 through 30, we need to look at Peter's example. Yeah, he failed, but we can also learn from his mistake. Even though he was afraid, when it came down to it, he knew who to call, right? It wasn't Ghostbusters. He called upon the Lord, and the Lord saved him. So when we become scared and tired and full of sorrow, 
We need to ask God to walk with us. So we also need to remind each other who we need to look for and look to when those times are very, very hard. Like for our brothers and sisters in Charlottesville, Virginia, right now, they need us to pray for them. They need for us to be that intercessory prayer partner to help bring some healing and some peace and comfort through the situation that they're going through. I mean, we may not ever, ever have all the answers. We may not ever be able to get the answers in our lifetime, but we can be that prayer partner. We can be that person that just loves in spite of and because of who we are in Christ. We can do a lot together because we are stronger together than we are divided. So as we walk life's pilgrim's way together, we need to ask God to walk with us. Why is this so important? It's important because we need to stay focused on God when we can't understand the evil of this world. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, together we can walk on water. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, oh, no, 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 no. Let's start all over. Let's start all over. Let's start all over. Okay. Turn to the first neighbor and say, together we can walk on water. <laughs> okay, turn to your second neighbor and say, but we need Jesus to do it. Amen. Let's do it one more time. Together we can walk on water. But we need Jesus to do it. Yes, we need Jesus to walk through our trials. We need Jesus to walk with us when our hearts are breaking. We need God to be with us so that we can continue to be the love and the peace of God and Christ that surpasses all understanding. Why? Because we are the Justice League. Because of the way that the world is, I'm saying it right now, the world needs us. And in order for us to do what we can to change the world, we need to ask God to walk with us. And that is my prayer this morning. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that together we can walk on water so that we can change the world. Amen.